right, and we are live. The inaugural episode of Chasing 69, a New York Jets podcast. My name is Blake Pace alongside Teddy Pristash. The perfect combo of what you would say, two best friends. One is a Jets super fan. Uh, the other covering the Jets for Sports Illustrated and myself. Uh, Teddy, before I kick it over to you, this has been something that we have wanted to do for a while. Not even just a Jets podcast specifically, but something that we, just an NFL podcast. Um, and then when I got the opportunity to start covering the Jets for Sports Illustrated, it kind of just made sense to go Jets focus with this. The Jets community on Twitter is a fun one. They're crazy. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I've learned that quickly <clears throat> in a month, but Kick it over to you. Thoughts? What do you think? Excited to be doing this again? Yeah, man. You know it. Uh, same as when we used to do our podcast, you know, except this time we, we seem a little bit more official. You know, we yeah. got our mics, we got our video set up. Um, it's funny. Uh, today I was I was thinking about the first podcast we recorded together, which uh, when you had me on your podcast, Quick Hits, I think like two years ago, three years ago. And it was right in the heat of all this, all like the Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Adams drama. That's right. Yeah. You know, it feels like an eternity. And I remember you asking me, like, which player would you rather have? And here we are. And I'm glad that we got rid of them both. Both you of know? them are but, gone. And Gase is yeah. gone. And McCagnon's yep, gone. Yep, yep. And man, that is crazy. But, man. you know, like Blake said, I'm a huge super fan. I'm, I just love the Jets. I've always loved the Jets. And Blake started writing for Sports Illustrated. And we kind of just found ourselves having these long message or text conversations and phone conversations about the jets, you know, so figured we should record some of them and, and put it out to the world. Yeah. That's really what it was. We started, as soon as I started writing, I had so many questions about, okay, but how does the jets fan base feel about a certain player or all of that? So the conversations just kept going. It's like, well, might as well do this because right. it's something we're both interested in. So. Yeah. And like, just to be clear, like I have no intentions of, damping dampering my stupidity that comes with being a, a fan you good. know what i mean like good. i'm an optimist that's what i am i still know that the jets are bad and maybe will be but i don't think so um and the only other thing i wanted to point out is and this is only for our video people out there mm -hmm. this picture right here is a family portrait of me and my family and fun fact about, about that portrait we're all wearing sam darnold jerseys <laughs> <laughs> all five of you yeah oh well no the boys oh my sister oh, and, and mom don't have them but that's okay oh man but yeah i just thought that'd be funny yeah it's a good one um, but yeah and now we get to celebrate uh in in a, about a month and a half who becomes the sam darnold draft pick in that second round there with uh with the top 38 picks so there things come full circle yeah it's funny because i like you said a couple of years ago when we first had you on we were, we were talking God, just that terrible era, Le'Veon, the terrible contract that he was on. You were a big Le'Veon guy at first, too. I remember you were. I still big. am, man. He was a, he he had a lot of great character and heart and and Gase. I still blame him for it all. He was but a pretty bad. Listen, coach. that's behind us. We got the new regime in. We got free agency. It's going to be sick. Yeah. So that's where we're headed for this first episode. Uh, obviously, we're going to start off talking about the signings that the Jets have had through the first two uh, days, or I guess the terms agreed to, which then the signings will happen uh, later today as we're recording on uh, Tuesday, March 15th, comes out on the 16th. Uh, free agency officially begins um, tomorrow or today as you're listening to this. And the Jets have been extremely active. And, you know, just as a general thought, 
active in a good way. I mean, there have been years where the Jets have been active and it hasn't been in a good way. I've been a big fan of a lot of these deals um, and we'll go over each of them individually. But um, then we'll go into kind of what we expect through the rest of the period for the Jets. Um, not really focusing on the draft. We have plenty of time to talk about the draft as we get over there. But really maybe some, you know, what are, what are the missing pieces now? Um, where, where can we still see the Jets add a little bit more to make us feel more comfortable about the roster heading into next season? Um, so, so, Teddy, you know, I'm, I'm going to spring you a question real quick. They, they've made a ton of signings so far. Um, just to go over, you know, the quick list. New uh, acquisitions uh, through free agency. We've got guard Lakin Tomlinson coming from the San Francisco 49ers on a three-year $41 million deal. CJ Uzoma coming over from the Cincinnati Bengals, three years, $24 million. Seahawks cornerback DJ Reed, three years, $33 million. My guy, Jordan Whitehead, safety out of Tampa Bay, two years, $14 million. Uh, of course, brought some other guys back as well, too, but we'll go to them in a second. In terms of the new guys, what is your favorite so far? What do you think is the most impactful? Take me through what you think of these new signings. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I guess my favorite would just have to be with the first one with Lake and Tomlinson. Um, just because for me, I kind of buy into what Jody and, and Robert Sala are selling us in terms of like prioritizing the wall. We're going to build a wall. We're going to start in the Big trenches, Trump you know, just oh, like and, and that's, owner. Yeah. All right. Starting off fun. We got to throw, we got to have some humor in here, Ted. Come on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're going to build a wall, but that's my thing is that I don't believe you can have too many, too many good linemen. And I think it would have been really easy for us to go into the year with, um, you know, kind of the same line that we had last year, um, bringing back LDT at right guard, and then just kind of rolling it over again and saying, maybe we'll sign a few depth pieces, see if anyone sticks. I really like that they went out there, got a proven guy in Tomlinson. Um, and to be honest with you, I love all four of these, uh, the four that you just listed. And what really sticked out to me, at least with the first two signings in Tomlinson and Uzama, what really stuck out to me was like, I was like, oh, both these guys, you know, they have some playoff experience, they're veterans, they're going to bring in good culture. And then when they added DJ Reed and Jordan Whitehead as well, that's when it kind of clicked to me. Like all four of these guys are guys that have been in the Super Bowl in the last four or five years, oh, I believe. Okay. Maybe not DJ Reed. I don't know. No, not DJ. But... but yeah, but they're guys who have playoff experiences. They're guys who who I don't know. They they can bring leadership to to the team. And I think when you look at last year, a lot of what our strategy was was kind of just like go ahead and play these rookies, which I was all for, you know, I think that was the right thing to do. But now as fans have been demanding, it's time to step up and start signing some of these guys. So to me, I mean, this, this free agent class through two days is great. You know, like I, I don't think I could have asked for anything better. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's an interesting point. You know, it's, it's tough to tell, a losing franchise to just become winners without having, you know, it translate on the field. Instead, in this free agency period, you're bringing in those winning culture players from organizations that have been, you know, successful in recent years. Like you said, San Francisco, which of course we're, we're probably going to, the Jets are probably going to sign some 49er every single off season for the next five years, just because of how affiliated the coaching staff is with the players um, in that organization. But been to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, it was Oma, you know, the, the guy battled through, I believe it was an MCL injury in the Super Bowl, um, has a lot of heart, you know, good leadership. 
Um, we'll go into his fit a little bit, you know, later on when we talk about things, because I do think there's some parts to his game that don't necessarily mesh well with what the Jets want out of tight ends on offense, but there's some things he provides that are just tremendous. Uh, Jordan Whitehead played with a torn uh, labrum in, in, in his shoulder during the Super Bowl two years ago, uh, Bucks versus Chiefs. Um, and like you said, DJ Reed is just another guy. Undersized, super athletic, but a really good uh, cornerback fit for this scheme, for this defense, for Joe Douglas. And now really what it does is, and I, I, I was, I, I can't, I want to give credit to whoever said it, and I apologize for not being able to, but not only does the DJ Reed signing lock down one of the cornerback positions, it intensifies that battle for the second cornerback slot uh, between Eccles and Hall. All those guys now are competing for that second role where maybe, you know, in a competition, where, you know, both spots are available, you're less, but now these guys are really going to rise to the occasion to get that second uh, starting spot. And it's really just going to make for a more deep secondary, which I think is something they did not have uh, last season. My favorite signing, 100%. my favorite signing is, is the Jordan Whitehead one. And not just because, um, not just because he's a player that I was really fond of and I thought was a really good fit, that box safety role. I love the deal they got him on, too. Two years, $14 million combined. I thought he was going to be a little bit more. I thought he was going to be in that three-year range. I think he probably looked at it, you know, on, on his side of things, took a look and said, okay, I'm 25 years old. He turns 25 in two days or three days. So he's just turning 25. He's saying, look, I have two really strong years in a second location on a defense, help this team come to, you know, their winning or, you know, as they grow and ascend into a, a winning football team, which is obviously the, the end goal here. He's one of those guys that can probably cash in at that age 27 contract again, but I love the fit. I love the character. Um, he has some of it's you listen to other players talk about Jordan Whitehead. And I, the one quote, I forget, I think it was Carlton Davis who, bummed out the Jets weren't able to get, but it happens. Um, and with Jordan Whitehead, it was one of those situations where it's like, he is just terrifying on a football field, but in a great way. It, it was like, he's, he's just a guy that's going to throw his body around. He's going to bring toughness to this team. I think with him, with Lincoln Tomlinson, Uzoma is a tight end as well too. They're just bringing physical, aggressive football players to this team, adding an element of toughness to them that that is just is needed, um, especially at, at key positions like that. So, I'm with you. I, I don't want to hop on. It's funny because if we started this podcast a year ago or two years ago, I would like to think I would have been a little bit more smart and a little hesitant on the signings. Obviously, you know, not everything here that the Jets have done in these first two days is going to hit. But as far as and, and what we've seen from some other teams do this free agency period so far, I feel very comfortable with what the Jets did. It's it's not a I'm through the roof. This is now all of a sudden a great football team, but I'm comfortable with this decisions they made. Go crush the draft, develop these younger players on the roster and you're you're building a winning organization. Yeah, 100 percent. And and I think that's such an important piece of all this is is and we've discussed this countless times now you know with all these conversations we've had but but it's it seems clear that free agency is where 99% of the time you're adding these mid-tier guys right you're not adding these superstars because the superstars usually aren't available in free agency um but that's what i kind of love exactly what you just said it does seem like safe and comfortable because we didn't we didn't go and like make any crazy massive deals that hindered us elsewhere, which I think is mm -hmm. important. 
Um, and also just to kind of build on, on what you were saying a little before in terms of these four guys. And to me, it's just been clear over these past two years, they are so, and they say it out loud, Salah and, and Douglas, they say they want guys who love football, you know, and like, that's what they're doing. And every time they sign one of these guys, that's what you hear. First thing, uh, Uzama, you know, like, I think he's a good player. I play fantasy football. I watch football. Like I, I know who Uzama is, but I didn't know he's this big guy who's obsessed with football, who lives, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then we sign him and all of a sudden you see, that's what everyone's saying. And, and DJ Reed, the thing with DJ Reed that I loved personally is once the Jets sign him, all the Seahawks fans start bitching, you know, and right. like, that's, that's, that's always awesome. the best feeling. Like, so just, just getting these guys that, you know, are, are passionate about the game and they're not just going to say, and eh, I don't really want to give it my 100%, you know, and they're there to win and they're there to work. I think it's going to do wonders for the guys the Jets already have in the building. And I think it, I think just the way that they've addressed holes that they really did need to address thing when thinking about guard and tight end and cornerback and safety, like these are four, those are four position groups that you looked at before free agency and said, these guys got to do something, you know, mm -hmm. and then they did it. And all the, everyone wants to like go up in arms, you know, and freak out every time there's a signing. But in my opinion, and I think, I think this is the general consensus of the fan base is they've had a pretty good, they've had a pretty good couple of days. Definitely. And, and we'll move on in a second, but I wanted to go back to one thing you said too, about just like the love football, don't give up mentality that these guys possess. There were games, there were halves, there were stretches of games last season where certain units in, in, on the jets uh, roster depth chart just did not show up. You know, I, I, I go back and I, I watched the full Broncos game, you know, where they lost 26 to nothing. That offense was just dead, lifeless, had no motivation to it. Rough start to the season, 0-2, getting kind of crushed, not really being able to contribute much on offense. And then they go to Denver, another tough defense. But in that game, you just, you know, you're watching receivers drop easy passes that are on their gloves, linemen blowing assignments, defense, it's not going their way either. Getting guys in here from those winning cultures that really don't quit on their team is going to raise up the level of, of some certain players um, on this team. And also keep that in mind, what you're saying when it comes to the draft, because there's a lot of important decisions to make at picks four and 10. And there's some certain players that should be available that there are some questions over their, their desire or their uh, passion for football. So keep that in mind when you're trying to think about where the jets are going to go in the draft um, real quick. Uh, I want to touch on the guys that they did bring back before we go into kind of our, our other segment uh, for the rest of the episode. So obviously uh, you bring back Braxton Berrios, two year, 12 mil, Tevin Coleman um, back in as a, a, a backup running back, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, safety, Connor McDermott, uh, Teddy through the collection of these guys, was there one that you, or there's, are there some that you were indifferent on? Are there some that you love that are back? Obviously the, the main one is Braxton, but um, what are your thoughts on those guys real quick? Yeah, I'll start with Braxton just cause he, he seems to be the most exciting um, to the fan base. To me, Braxton's a guy who anytime he's gotten an opportunity to touch the field, he's done well in these past couple of years. Um, I love that he was a guy that got cut by the Patriots that we signed. I remember reading an article right as that happened. And it said like 
maybe the Jets got one over on the Patriots. And I was like, this is kind of a dumb article because it's you're just guessing. But mm-hmm. I mean, here we are. And he just signed his extension and he's been a good player. Um, I think that we both agreed that we weren't trying to go out and, and pay Braxton Berrios this huge bag of eight or nine million. And I think a lot of people with the way that he finished the season just kind of expected his market to be to be a little better. But with the depth of this wide receiver free agency class, I think the money just wasn't there for him. I do think he I mean, I know he wanted to come back to the Jets. He said it enough times. And I appreciate that Joe kind of said, all right, we'll give you a decent deal. I mean, six million a year isn't anything to to put your nose up at, you know, but but I do like that he brought back these bringing back players who have who have succeeded for the team, you know. Um, other than that, I mean, Tevin Coleman, I think is a guy that kind of gets dogged a lot. I think he's been a good player. What's funny is that he, he still is just like this injury prone guy. Like, like it was consistent in San Francisco, like every running back who is in San Francisco, but then he comes here and like, he's had decent games and decent performances, but has still kind of just been off and on the field. Um, and, and truthfully, I want him to be like our third back. You know, I still want us to kind of add a back somehow. Um, And then, you know, the other one's Connor McDermott. I'm not a fan of Connor McDermott. I think he's pretty terrible. (laughs) I don't hate the idea of just like bringing in a veteran guy who's been around, you know, who knows what he means to that locker room, but he's been around. He's a depth piece. Um, And then the only other one that kind of sticks out Joyner. Joyner's again, kind of just one of these like safeties that, there's kind of like a, a big tier of guys like him that I would be okay with bringing in, but I do think he's a good player. He never got his opportunity to play last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just smart, especially now after kind of an off year, you're kind of getting him at a value, even though I don't think his official numbers come out. Um, but yeah, so nothing that like jumps off the page. I'm happy we got Braxton back just because I think it's good. But other than that, you know, pretty indifferent on all these signings yeah that's kind of how I feel as well too Tevin's one of those guys my thing is with you know the 49ers with the Jets now as we'll probably see with the Miami Dolphins as well too now that Mike McDaniel is there they're gonna have three or four guys in that backfield I will say to the Jets credit I think they've already got their like really good running back Um, and we'll see how the you know the adjustments to the offensive line the improvement in the run game how that develops Michael Carter's um, 2022 season. But it's one of those situations where it's just have a bunch of guys out there. Tevin's a guy that knows the system, knows everything. He's traveled around with this offense basically to three separate stops now. So, yeah, just keep him around. Um, Like I said, probably would prefer him to be your third running back as well, too. Uh, That way you can spend maybe a day three pick on a running back. I I wouldn't necessarily. That's where I'm at. I wouldn't necessarily go. go free agency at this point. I just, there's, I mean, what there's there, I know a lot, there's been a lot of love to Melvin Gordon um, and, and his complimentary role. He could serve to Michael Carter, which could still be out there. I mean, that would be a great signing, no doubt if, if you have the money and it makes sense, but I would just probably save it for a day three pick, but I agree with everybody else. I, I echo your thoughts on Braxton, his connection with Wilson as the season went on really improved. Um, and, and even if he's not a guy that's going to be out there, every single play. Um, I, I just like having the depth at receiver. He's great on special teams. Just a, a good guy to have. All right, so let's move over now to what I guess maybe we'll be doing, uh, I guess our, our segment um, for the day. 
kind of looking forward to the rest of the Jets free agency period um, because the, the two big days are obviously behind us now, but there's still a lot more that they can do. So we're going to be going back and forth. The Jets will and the Jets won't. We're going to list about three things that we think they'll do in the remaining periods, um, things that they won't do. This is not about the draft. Uh, this can include, you know, guys on the roster potentially being cut, released, um, you know, players, you know, coming back into the fold. Um, so, Teddy, I'm going to kick it over to you first. What is your first the Jets will? Before I dive in. Did I skip over something? Segment. Oh, no, first no, segment. no. But here we go. Yeah, here we go. First segment. Yeah. It's pretty exciting for the Chasing 69 podcast. All right. So my first will. Now, I will put my hand up and say this is something that um, I wrote probably like three or four days ago. Um, and obviously things have changed since then. Um, but my first will is that the Jets are going to go out and and sign a marquee receiver. And I wrote sort of next to marquee <laughs> because the options were kind of, well, we'll get into them. So obviously Cooper went ahead and uh, what happened? He got traded yeah, to someone traded else, to right? Cleveland, fifth I can't remember pick. if he got cut or traded. Right, yeah. So Cooper was kind of off the board. I was really excited for Cooper, um, but... You know, it just kind of is what it is. I didn't want to pay him the money anyway, so that's fine. Um, the next guy that that I think that is kind of going to be a lightning or whatever, he's kind of going to be divisive, is Allen Robinson. Um, I think he's a really good player, and I do kind of like the idea of the Jets signing him just because um, I don't think he would have to come in and, like, demand 150 targets the way that he was the two years prior to this past year in, in Chicago. But I do think he's just like a veteran who's extremely talented and can just come in, you know, and, and be like a, a solid force on the offense, you know, and it's going to be a guy who, who can go out there and win one-on-one -on -one matchups and, and make plays. Now I do kind of just want to throw this over to you um, in terms of where the jets have spent already, because they have given away some, some decently sized deals. Um, and according to this website that I'm on, it says he's expected to get around 16 million a year. So, I mean, is this even still in the cards for the Jets? Do they even still have a chance at Allen Robinson? I don't really see it, but but what do you think? There's a huge problem going on right now. And I saw a bunch of tweets. I may have even sent one of them to you. The second that Christian Kirk signed that massive contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars, every NFL agent upped their asking price for their guys, and every NFL team was like, no, 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 this, this is not where the market is. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville cannot be taken into consideration when evaluating what we've got going on. So there's been, as you've seen, I mean, we had a couple signings today. You know, DJ Chark went over to the Detroit Lions. There have been some other movement. Uh, at the wide receiver position, but not as much as you would expect. And there's still a lot of guys that are available. So to me, if Allen Robinson is, is looking for 16 million a year, I don't like, I don't like that kind of money for him. Um, I understand. And I do agree that he's a guy that I think is, um, is more of what we saw a couple of years ago than this past run in with the Browns. There have been, you know, he was placed on the franchise tag. He didn't want to be in Chicago. I don't know if there's ever a – he wasn't giving a full effort there with the Bears, but I, I do want to think that things weren't too great between the coaching staff and Allen Robinson. Quarterback play has been meh as well too, so I think that played a role. I think he would, he'll be better on his next team than he was in Chicago. 16 mil for me, though, is probably a, a little too rich. 
Yeah. And, and I kind of agree. And again, he's, he was kind of one of those guys where if we were going to go out and, and kind of overpay for, for one of these veteran wide receivers, I would have been fine doing it with Allen Robinson. Um, but it's, it, it just doesn't seem like it's really going to be in the cards, especially with the way that we've addressed these other positions. And now the draft's coming up and it's looking like we're going to be able to take one of these high end receivers. I just don't really think it's in the cards, but the other name I did want to throw out just for fun is Juju Smith Schuster, a guy who, you know, had his huge year, I think in what, 2018, 2019. Um, and then basically just kind of wasn't the same once he stopped playing with, with Antonio Brown, um, kind of people view him as washed. I really still think he's a good player. I think he can come in and be a solid, uh, a solid piece to a team. And that's kind of one of my things with, with these, uh, with the jets is that I do have a lot of trust in Elijah Moore. And I do think that Corey Davis is better than, than people give him credit for. So I think that if you bring in one of these guys, you know, you're just bolstering your your um, your wide receiver unit without we're not saying, oh, Juju, I need you to go be the number one receiver, the best player on the field. You know, if Juju's the second best or third best receiver, we could still have a chance with how well those other two guys play. So, again, I this is kind of just <laughs> it was going to be a segment about this will happen. I'm kind of backing up mm-hmm. off that but i do just want to get your takes on kind of these big name guys um because i do think it, it's just interesting to think about and we all know uh, a couple of years ago we were all saying juju and sam darnold they're gonna reunite in new york and again that's something that, that that did not come to fruition well you you weren't in you weren't in the jets world then but i was but, i but was in jets the sam darnold world. been here with me i was in the sam darnold world and, well, and jets yes, fans hated me um, yeah, so I, I'm going to piggyback off that. And we'll take it to my first won't because I think this is the only one that, or at least one of the ones that kind of bounce off each other. I don't see another receiver signing coming in unless it is a reserve role practice squad, fifth receiver on the depth chart kind of situation. And I think I feel even stronger about that than I did last week after seeing what the jets have addressed these first two days of free agency. Um, seeing that they've already filled holes at filled holes, um, cornerback, safety, right guard, <laughs> tight end, uh, backup running back, all these big positional needs for them have kind of shrunken. And when you're sitting at four and ten, I think the the look has got to be uh, defense on four and wide receiver at ten. And it, it doesn't need to be at ten; it could be trade back into the teens if there's a team looking to move up. And you you know maybe the you let the receiver board kind of fall onto your lap. But um, to me at this point, I I feel fine heading into next season with a one through four wide receiver room of, you know, some mixture of Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, top rookie choice, Braxton Berrios wide receiver four. To me, that's a deep enough set where you can fill in guys at five and six and have your practice squad. There's no harm in having a ton of wide receivers. I just think the way that, um, they've gone out and addressed things. And, and look, I think that probably plays a role too into what the market is looking like for those positions. You know, I, I don't hate any of these numbers that they gave out to corner safety, right guard, or tight end. These wide receiver contracts are getting a little out of hand and there are a ton of great wide receivers every single year in the draft, even if they didn't address it at pick 10 and say in the thirties, Christian Watson from North Dakota state is there baller, 
big guy, fast, who tested really well at the combine. If he's sitting there in the first pick of the second round, take him. He can be in your number three if you feel confident Corey Davis and Elijah Moore being your one and two. I think the I think the teams that are spending at wide receiver and free agency now are probably not getting the the actual value when it's it's a position that is just so flooded with talent at this point. I mean, there's there's what five to seven guys every draft class that come out and are just really good wide receivers in year one. And then there's those guys that it takes year two and year three. So to me, I I don't see um, any more additions coming at the wide receiver position unless it's going to be, you know, unless, unless they're really thinking a different plan with the draft, that's where I'll, I'll leave it at. If, if they're looking to go somewhere else and just go defense in the draft, go get your wide receiver. I kind of feel like it's, it's sitting there for them at 10. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I kind of echo all that. And I kind of agree with you at this point after these last two days. Um, I do just want to say before you get into your next will, uh, the last thing I would not at all hate if they sign another like kind of mid to lower level wide receiver, you know, and people might say, oh, where is he going to play? Where is he going to play? And I think that's a mistake that that Jets fans do a lot is they fill out their depth chart in their head and they see, oh, I want Braxton Barrios at four. And it's like, well, where's this guy going to be? And it's like, you can't have too many good players. Mm -hmm. You can't have too much depth, you know? So if they went out, I mean, Russell Gage was the guy I was talking about all all week. He got signed obviously, but you know, if they go out and get Valdez Scantling, which again, I don't think they're going to do, because I think like you said, he's going to be over overpriced, but, but if they went out and got a guy like that, I wouldn't hate that at all. And then still go ahead and draft one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, receivers are fun, man. We always want receivers. No problem in having a ton of great ones. Um, I definitely agree. So, yeah, so that, that takes me to my first will. Um, and before we should have mentioned this at the top too, we did these lists. And then of course, you know, the, the legal tampering period deals are going to be announced. Deals are going to be made. There's stuff that yes, free agency officially starts when this podcast drops, but a lot of these deals have already been in place. So we had to shuffle some things around and um, you know, that's the price we pay for wanting podcasts on Wednesday, but we want it on Wednesday. So doesn't even matter. But my first will Wednesday pod. Exactly. Or Wednesday chasing 69 podcasts. Hump day. That's great. Um, that that fits. I like it. All right. So my first will, the Jets will sign either cornerback Sidney Jones of uh, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks or Roswell Douglas, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. This one like you said, I feel less confident about after the DJ Reed signing, but both of these guys, at least Sidney Jones to me is another name to just throw in there in the mix at cornerback. No, he doesn't need to be a starter. You can pay him for that depth role, but he is a guy to me, these, both of these guys, just to preface where I'm coming up with these specific names is both of them were part of, I believe it was the 2018 or 2019 NFL draft. Both were selected in the second and third rounds. Uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles, where, of course, um, you know, Joe Douglas was uh, VP of uh, personnel. Um, so had uh, it was a big part of that um, draft process in Philadelphia. So these were two cornerbacks he took a shot on. Both of them are coming off the best years of their careers. Um, Russell Douglas, I'm interested to see what he ends up making on the free market just because he came out of nowhere, um, you know, was really just bouncing around, not finding a good fit lands in Green Bay after being signed off Arizona's practice squad and instantly became a Pro Bowl alternate, a ball hawking corner. He was all over the field last year for Green Bay, huge part of their defensive success. 
he's a guy that if he if he's if his market is too rich after his sudden rise, I would stay away. Um, my guy more so is on Sidney Jones. He was the top cornerback prospect of that season when a ruptured Achilles on his pro day at the, just you know three weeks before the draft just crushed his stock. He was looking at a pick in the ten to fifteen range, fell all the way to the thirties. Philadelphia was there to pick him up. Really battled um, through injuries through the first few years of his career. Um, and then it started to get a little bit more healthy. I think he played in 11 or 12 games for the Seahawks this past season, been much more available. Um, you know, I, I just think if you're going to take a shot on another cornerback at this spot, and I don't think that, yes, just because we have DJ Reed or the Jets now have DJ Reed, Bryce Hall, Eccles, all these guys, I don't think that we're sitting here saying that this is these are the cornerbacks of the future. There's still guys that I would need to at least see a little bit more out of. And that's why I don't mind throwing a dart at at Sidney Jones if he's four million a year or five million a year, especially when they have cap space to go. And there's not a ton of great um, options on the roster currently. He's a guy that I would say throw him out there. He fits the scheme perfectly, just like Reed was playing in Seattle. This is where this whole defensive scheme comes from. Zone corner, freaky athletic, long ranging. I'm a big Sidney Jones guy. I would love to see it. I don't know if a team's out there looking to make him a starting cornerback. I don't know if Seattle takes a look and says, okay, well, we lost Reed. Now we need to keep Sidney Jones. I would, I would love to see it. I think it would be a really good fit for New York. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm in on both of those guys. Um, I do think, exactly what you were just saying in terms of this cornerback room we have guys who could very well you know step up like Bryce Hall is one of these guys who who has played very well for being a six-round pick or whatever it was a few years ago but I also think people get so caught up in like these PFF numbers like whatever it's like Bryce Hall has shown he can be a good player and and play on the field but he also has shown us like he needs to improve his ball skills. I mean, that's been the entire Jets secondary these past few years is these guys just, they'll be there, you know, like they'll be in position and then, and then the receiver just, it still catches it, it jumps up and grabs it, or it just falls right into his lap. And I mean, these guys, they got to improve their ball skills. So that's kind of where I am with Hall is go ahead and start him. I'd rather see him be our number two corner and, and grow into it. And, and even so bring in another guy, like Sidney Jones on a five-year deal who, who can challenge these guys, you know, because, because it's so easy to say like, Oh, well, the jets have improved. The jets have improved. We need to be able to improve as comparable to other teams. You know what I'm saying? Like these other teams are studs. When you look at like these teams who've been in the super bowl and, and the bucks and the chiefs, and you know what I mean? Like these guys are studs. So, so yeah, Bryce Hall's great. Bring in a guy who might be better, you know, have him battle it out and and cream rises to the top, you know. Um, and then just to kind of go again into Eccles, you know, deeper into this into this room, I, I think Eccles is a great player too, but he's a guy who's shown us so far that he can be a, he can be like a good depth piece, you know, like he can be a guy who is a backup and maybe gets playing time throughout the year, but he's, as of right now, he's not the guy I want going in as my week one starter, you know, or like, and it just, again, I just feel like signing these kind of guys is just a win-win because if it doesn't work out on a one-year deal, you know, you cut bait, but if it does work out, you're improving a very important position, you know? So, 
So I'm in on both these guys and I trust your judgment really. So I'm about it. Yeah. I think, I think throwing a dart at the board, not going to cost a lot of money, take all the shots that you can take at some of these positions. And then even more so some of the ones they got remaining um, that, that they haven't addressed in free agency yet. That's where, that's where I'm at at this point. For sure. Yeah. So I guess I will jump into my next won't, right? Won't. Yes. So my next point is kind of an interesting one. Um, I have that the New York Jets will not rely on Becton and Fant as their two starting left tackles for next year. And basically all I mean by this is we're, we're all excited about what our, our potential align looks like right now. Right. And with the way that Fant has played um, and what we've seen Becton do when he is on the field, it seems like we have these guys who are, who are really going to put together a good unit. Um, but then when we're looking more realistic, we all know that Becton just has not been on the field as much as we wanted. And then you add in all these kind of things coming out of, out of the jets camp that they're, that he's out of shape, that he's not trying hard, you know? And, and, and like we said before, I mean, the jets want guys who love football. So if you're telling me Makai Becton isn't going in there and working his ass off every day, then that's going to be a problem. Personally, do I believe that? No, it may be the optimist in me. It may be the fan in me, but I think that Becton, you know, he's just one of these overweight guys who is going to be overweight and hopefully can stay healthy. Um, but I mean, he does, he's got to prove it to us. And I think he, they have to address tackle and make sure we have some depth here. Um, before I get into kind of some options with Fant, um, Fant, he played amazing last year, right? And we can all address that. And he's gotten all his flowers and that's great. But Fant's also a guy who's played, who's had some years where he didn't play very well, you know, and there was a time when Jets fans two years ago didn't love Fant, you know? And so I just don't think we can go in saying this guy's definitely going to be like a lockdown type of guy. He was also playing left tackle last year. So is he going to stay there? Are we going to move him back to right? There's all these kind of moving pieces that I think Joe Douglas and the team has to just be aware of. Um, What's funny is my original point here was going to be that I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets took an offensive tackle at four, because I do think with the guys that are in the draft with, with like Neil and uh, the other guy's name is escaping me. Aquanu. Aquanu. Yes. Thank you. Um, like those guys, those guys can both play guard or they could go play tackle. If one of, if, if Becton or Fant is kind of like not there. You know, um, but with the signing of Lake and Tomlinson, I don't really see that happening as much. It just doesn't seem to make as much sense to me in my head. But I do, again, I think go out there and sign some, like sign a mid-tier guy, sign, like take a dart throw on someone out there. And I mean, maybe you can like talk a, a little bit about some tackles that are in the market. I don't know, but, but it just seems to me like, like Becton and Fant can be really, really good. They can, but I still worry, you know what I mean? And I think, I think in general, that's, that's an idea that Jets fans get. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think that we're all kind of in the same boat there, but I want them to be our starting tackles bad. And I want them to play well, but I also want a backup plan. I don't want, like I said, at the beginning of this, the more offensive linemen that we can have to where someone's getting injured. And then we have a guy who can step in and at least be a veteran or, or be the type of guy who can, who can be solid. You know, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. There's this weird speculation that's out there. Um, 
there's this uncertainty with Becton where it's like, if the Jets had an option available that they felt really good about, would they just cut bait on Becton? Um, which is something I started to see from a few people. The name that pops to mind most is Lyle Collins, who is now yeah, on the was, trade yeah. block for, for the Dallas Cowboys, guy that Joe Douglas loved in the draft. Uh, it's one of those situations where it's like you only bring in Lyle Collins if you're getting rid of one of your tackles. Um, I would – because you're – because he's going to get starting money anywhere. He's a starting tackle. That's what he is. He's, he's not someone that's going to be, you know, your swing or your backup. You, you bring in Lyle Collins to be your starter. Um, if, let me, if, uh, let, let me throw some names at you. Some random yeah, names yeah, from a list. Okay. And you tell me what you think of these guys. All right. Trent Brown from the Patriots. 28 years old. Any, any take on him? Big body. I think, guys, when they when they leave New England, they never perform as well, especially on the offensive line. He went to Vegas, or I guess they were still in Oakland at that point. It was okay that he went back. I don't know. I wouldn't hate it. He would probably still cost some money. I feel like a lot of these guys, we'll just two more, but I feel like they're mostly right. going to be I don't know guys. But uh, Bradley Bozeman on, on the Ravens. Isn't he a center? I think he might be a center. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. And last guy I will say is, well, doesn't seem like there's a bunch, but Dwayne Brown's 36. We could sign him. Or- I, I look for me as a, because uh, I, like I said, I'm, I cover the Jets. My team is the Colts. He's a guy that I'm even looking at at this point because we have a desperate need at left tackle. He's a guy that, yeah, at that age, bring him in. That's that's definitely a, an option. I think if if anything was more realistic, it would be a lot cheaper of options at tackle for them. Um, there's to me to me you you hope that Becton is is the future left tackle of this football team. He's just got to figure out the stuff that's going on in between his ears. And to me, we can all sit here and and be positive or negative about what we think is going on. The Jets are with him every day. Joe Douglas, this training staff, the medical staff, they are spending all this time with him. They're going to know. They're going to know if this guy is slouching. I mean, we see it across sports now. There, there are two names that come to mind when I think of it. There's the Joel Embiid and the Zion Williamson. And Zion Williamson, I'm not giving up on yet, you know, to switch over to the NBA because he's got a, he's still super young. But Joel was a guy, he was overweight, he was unhealthy, and he kept getting injured because of it. He decided, I want to be great. He cut his diet down. He stayed healthy. And now he's one of the best players in basketball. Zion's a guy right now that is looking like he's 300 pounds uh, for an NBA player and not a tall he's looking like me. He's, he, he's, he's just, he is insanely large and he's not at that point now where he cares about being great. So Matt guy back to needs to decide if he wants to be great because it is a, it is a personal decision to make. And, and yes, you can blame injuries, but your diet plays such a role into that stuff. Um, and how you just feel throughout the course of a day. Um, I You want him to be the future. Fan is good to have there. Like you said, can't rely on it forever. Can't even necessarily feel super comfortable with it moving into next season. Um, you just you just hope yeah. one of those guys is the answer. For sure. For sure. And, and that's kind of my thing is about that. I mean, I know we don't want to get too far in the draft, but I really wouldn't like – I don't think they would take a tackle at four, especially um, what is it, Jermaine Johnson? 
like now that he's kind of got his name in the mix, I think that they're probably going to end up taking an edge rusher, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. But it is just one of these things where people will say, oh, why are we drafting a tackle? But number one, the, the tackles at the top of this draft can play guard. And number two, Fant's deal is going to be up in a year. So then what does Joe Douglas want to do? Let's say he goes out and has a good year. And then is he going to want to pay him? You know, there's all these different things that are going to come into, into play. So I just think it's important to remember that while we can all look at at the tweets of this is the Jets O-line and it feels great. I mean, it really does to see where we've come since three years ago to where, what our line looks like now. It does feel great, but it just is kind of is one of those things where you nothing's ever nothing's ever a sure thing, you know. Um, and I, if you don't have anything else on that, I'll go into my next will, um, which is that the Jets will sign multiple linebackers in free agency. Now, over these past few days, obviously, they have not announced any deals with linebackers. So maybe my multiple linebackers might be off, but I don't really think so. I think, I mean, the reason for this is when you look at the current Jets linebacking core, you have CJ Mosley, and then you got not great options. You got these guys in Jamie and Sherwood, Hamza Nasruddin that we took last year in the draft as safeties, trying to get to play off or outside linebacker. Um, we got Quincy Williams who listen, Quincy Williams, Quinn's brother played out of his mind last year at a lot of times and was a guy who had this insane effort and drive. And he's the type of guy that, that I think fits in on the jets. But I do think when you just watch him play, he's out there and he's given 100%, but, but he's just not the, the best option you can have out there. You know, I'm fine with him being a backup and getting some playing time, but I, I just obviously do not want him to be this starting role. And then you have Blake Cashman as well. Um, and I'm not, you also have Gerard Davis, but I don't think they're going to resign him. Um, but with Blake Cashman, he's just one of these guys where I just don't really, I, we haven't seen it, you know, and, and he's had to play year after year because of like our lack of, of depth. But I think this is really that year where let's go ahead and get depth at the linebacker position and get some guys that we know are going to be able to be in the middle of the defense and, and really, you know, just, just dominate in there. And, and I think that in terms of this linebacker class, I think, and we were talking about this beforehand, I think there's just a lot of guys that it's really just a lot of guys go ahead and take your shot. You know, like with me, I'm not the big scout guy. Like, like I said, I'm the fan Blake's the scout guy. I trust Joe Douglas and the jet scouts, like go do your research, sign two of these guys to small deals and, and bring them in and add on top of that, that this is a very deep, deep draft class in terms of linebackers and go ahead and take one of those guys, you know, and, and really fill this room out and, and see who sticks, you know? And I think that's kind of where we are. Like, I don't know where this big um, linebacker addition is coming from. I'm trying to remember who was just released. Um, do you know the name that I'm thinking of? From the linebacker? Jets or another team? No, from another team. Uh, someone just got released. 
And I mean, are you thinking Bobby Wagner from Seattle? You're not thinking of him. No, right? I mean, I'd be down for that. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll look it up and I'll, and I'll bring it up in a bit, but, yeah. but I do think there's these guys out there. I mean, Anthony Barr is a guy who's out there. I just want to throw him out there because I know the Jets fans have so much hate for him yeah. after he claimed to sign with us during the legal tampering period, which we're in now and then backed out of it. But, but there's guys out there. There's linebackers who have played in the league who have, who have shown they can start. And, and that's kind of the guys I'm looking for. They don't have to be these world beaters, but go out there and grab some of these guys and see who sticks. Yeah. I think it's, it's just like when they signed Jared Davis last year, it's like these, they're just random guys that in their, they're going to be mid round or late round or even early round in his case, there'll, there'll be these draft picks that just don't work out in their first situation. Linebackers, one of those ones, there are certain defensive positions that just, they take years to adjust to the league. There are linebackers that come out and are great right away. But if you look, I was looking at like the lowest graded linebackers of this past season. And some of the highest draft picks are at the top or at, are at the bottom of the list in terms of, of like worst linebackers last season. Like it's all these for Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it's one of those positions that takes a while to adjust to the league, um, to the speed of the game, to the size of the game. Um, one thing I did see, and not to say that I, cause I don't 100% agree with this, but it, obviously Connor Hughes, who writes for the athletic for the jets, he's fantastic. His job was asked about linebacker earlier today. He said that the jets don't view linebacker in the same light as the public. They're very happy with Quincy Williams and CJ Mosley. They don't view it as a need. They think it, the issues at linebacker were because of problems at the interior defensive line and that, you know, they just weren't getting enough movement around the defensive line where the linebackers could shoot through the gap and make plays. So that seems to be, I, I, I get that sense. Uh, I get, I get that, I guess, because we, we can agree that the jets front line, especially interior was weird last year and, and not just player wise, coaching wise as well too. snap percentages. We can go into Good old Quinn and Williams playing 52% of snaps uh, months from now. We, we've, got, we've got time to talk <laughs> about that one. That like makes me mad every time I think about it. But um, but maybe they don't see it as, as big of a need. I still think I agree. Go and bring in some, some just lower tier guys, reclamation projects. I've said that name 50 times. But it's like when you don't have the guys there and there's not, you know, great fits in free agency that are like top level talent. Like you go get Jordan Whitehead because – He's a great fit for the team, and he's also a really good player. At linebacker, Leighton Van Der Esch. Injured, slow. I'm not a big fan of his game. Take a shot on it. If it's not going to cost you much, why not go get a guy like that and see if he can turn things around in that new destination? So I'm with you. Add some more linebacker yeah. depth. And the guy I was thinking of is Miles Jack, who got released oh, from, from Jacksonville. Jaguars. Yeah. And crazy. it's just – it's guys like these. I mean, and exactly – and it's like um, – like Kaiser White, you know, like these guys That's who are guy. available. I know I like he Kaiser is. White. And and did who like Hinchins, Anthony Hinchins, did he get signed? Hinchins, um, I'm not sure where he, he was most recently in uh Kansas City, right? Or did he go somewhere else after? No, yeah, I I think Kansas City I think he was but former cowboy to chief. I don't know, but no, another another good linebacker. We're just thinking through stuff here live on the yeah. pod, but but yeah, I mean, again, there these any of these guys, like that's why I don't want to get to, I don't want to just read you a list of names, but th there's guys out there who have who have started in the league. And I do I I don't like hate what Connor's saying there, 
because of like I do I I totally see that the Jets had so much problems on defense that maybe it wasn't their linebackers fault and a lot of that that was the thing with like CJ Mosley is a lot of times it was like he's just the only guy there to make the tackle like that's why he had so many tackles is because no one else was even remotely close you know right but I just I don't think this linebacker room's where it needs to be so go out there and do it you know Mm -hmm. I agree all right, and so yes. Oh no, you're up. Yeah, sorry. Going going over to me now uh, to my next won't and will. Uh, won't we kind of hit on again? And and I don't. I'm gonna brush through these two pretty quickly because I think they're pretty much no brainers. They won't re-sign Gerard Davis. A few other free agents. Those reclamation projects that didn't pan out this past year. It's really unfortunate when you take a look at the linebacker options that were available for the Jets last year. And all of them were just crapshoots. They just happened to pick the wrong one. Some guys went onto their team's same defensive scheme and just fit like a glove. Um, and that wasn't it. And, and like you said, um, you know, they've taken a few safeties in the last couple of drafts to put at the linebacker position. Those guys probably are going to take longer to adjust as well, too, because not only are they adjusting from the college level to the professional level, they're also changing positions. They're playing a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. So I don't want to spend too much time on that one. Um, and I, I won't spend too much time on this one, too, because this is actually maybe I want to because this one's fun to, to talk mm. about with Jets fans. Uh, I think by by the end of the offseason, Denzel Mims is cut off this roster. And, and maybe it's after the draft, after they address wide receiver at the 10th overall pick or wherever, wherever they decide to do. But I think when you look at the money and just the lack of production and just the frustration, I guess, with the player um, and, and, and his failure to develop. And that's and I'm not to say that that's all on his end, not all his fault, but. At the end of the day, if you're going to look at the end of the, the offseason and this roster has four guys and you've got him on your rookie contract, there's no trade market for him. I think they'll cut ties and and move on pretty quickly from the, the Denzel Mims era. Yeah, I mean, for me, that hurts as a fan, <laughs> but, but it's Did, not Was surprising. he ever your background on your phone? Was there a time where he was like the guy? He's my, that was... he's my, he's my burner Twitter accounts profile picture That's like it's it still Denzel Mims yeah. and I made that what's and this has been like like Stephen Hill I'll throw that name out there for the Jets fans out there like like it's just this endless list of like second or third round receivers or like whatever that me who loves receivers I'm always like maybe this is the guy maybe this is the guy and like continuously it just wasn't the Never guy been the guy now we have Elijah Moore. I have an Elijah Moore jersey. Maybe I'll wear it next pod. We'll see. Um, and I can kind of believe in him. The thing with Denzel Mims is like, <laughs> it just seems like he was right there so many times. And especially last year, like so many times when he did get his opportunities, or maybe two years ago, I'm thinking of, like it seemed like, oh, look at him go. Like he actually is out there dominating. But then at the same time, there were plenty of games where he didn't really do much and kind of I, I wanted to bring this up with the Makai stuff, but it, but it applies here as well. Like the the Jets since Joe Douglas and and especially since Robert Sala and Joe Douglas have been together. But but overall, since Joe Douglas, they really don't let a lot of guys like go. So or excuse me, they don't let a lot of news get out about guys. They don't let that get out to the public. And so when you see these reports about Denzel Mims and when you see in press conferences, they're saying 
they're saying like, yup, he's got to do better. He's got to do better. It's just, it's just clear that he's not doing everything as well as he should. So that's my Denzel Mims rant, but I love the guy. I'd love to see him step up. I, I don't totally disagree, but I'm going to hold out a little hope. Um, and then that brings us to our last one, which last wall, is really right? kind of, what'd you say? You've got, you've got your won't left. I think we've each done two, except you still have a second won't to do. Yep. My last one. Cool. So, and this one, this is just like Blake and I made this one together and it's just, it's just to put it out there because it is so annoying that this was even a thing, but the jets will not trade for Robbie Anderson. And I know this is kind of like, it's come and gone, you know, but, but the jets, Robbie Anderson was, was a player who kind of fit with like Sam Darnold and had some, some flashes, but really, I mean, he's a burner who had a couple of big plays and I don't know. He never really just like put it together for me. And when the Jets didn't resign, resign him, and then he went and had a good year with, with Carolina, every Jets fan wanted to be like, oh, well, let's take a look. We can't say Joe Douglas is perfect because he should have re-signed Robbie Anderson. Literally, Jets fans got Joe Douglas to admit in a press conference. Crazy. Oh, I messed up that one. It's like, dude, no, you didn't. Like, you let a, just another guy wide receiver come out of the out of the or off the team, sign with another team have an okay year because of kind of a lot of statistical anomalies. And then, you know, and then look what he did. He fell off at, when he was reunited with our boy, Sam Darnold. So it's just Robbie Anderson's not it. He's not the guy we have better players in my opinion. So just kind of a fun one. I know probably most Jets fans out there agree with me, um, yeah. but yeah, we're not going to do that. That one was one of the first things when I started covering, um, which was what, maybe a month ago. It was like two weeks in and I saw it. Robbie Anderson would entertain a reunion to New York. And I was like, why would New York ever want to do that? He was actively one of the worst. If you go through and look at some of the advanced analytics, he was one of the worst active starting receivers in football all of last year. Um, drop rate was at the highest it's ever been in his career. Um, he's also just not a fit for this team. This team needs physical blocking um, wide receivers. I, I don't expect Elijah Moore to be that just because of his frame, but Robbie was never a willing, you know, blocker in my, you know, Corey Davis is a guy. It, I might not be the biggest Corey Davis guy. He's a blocking wide receiver. And that's another reason why the Corey Davis hate is out of control because people don't realize that he got injured last year. And people don't realize that like he fits what the Jets are trying to do, in my opinion. We won't get into that too much. Maybe a convo for another day. But Corey yeah. Davis is my dog and I love you. I don't I don't love him, but I like those elements. And at the end of the day, if his contract he's runs up background. in two years, he's your background. Corey Davis is your background of all the Jets. Corey Davis has been my background since the Jets beat the Titans. What week four? Yeah, no, it was their first. Yeah, their, it was Week their four. first win. Yeah. And I got really excited. He had two touchdowns. I think I made in my background because it was a sick play. That's and great. I should probably change it to like Elijah Moore or something. But Corey, yeah, Michael my Carter, player. Zach Wilson, there's a lot of guys out there. All those guys choose. are my boys. No, he's he's a he's a very solid receiver. Anyways, we're, we're running off track. I, I think the moral of the story is like that was one of the craziest things I saw. He's on a very expensive contract. He is not what fits this team. I think I agree that the jets can use a burner. 
I think they could use a guy that is that a really good, you know, fast, quick, deep threat. And that's, you know, there's, there's a guy, but there's guys that you can get that do that specifically at a third of the cost. He could, it's, it's one of those guys that could be the fifth wide receiver taken on, on the, you know, roster. So um, that was just something we, we both agreed. We just had to bring up because it was hilarious. Had to throw to it see. in there. Yeah. We had to, yeah. we had to work it in. But I'd say it was a pretty successful first segment for us, buddy. Yeah, I think we crushed it this episode, not going to lie. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what everybody else thinks. But um, unless you've got anything else, I think that's going to wrap it up for us for this first episode of Chasing 69. No, um, man, I it, I just I had a great time. I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to dive in. I really love the Jets. I mean, I've been a Jets fan for most of my life. So this is just great, man. I love to be able to come on here and, and talk some Jets. I'm just excited that I caught this at the right time where I think the Jets are headed in a positive direction because yeah, like I was saying at the beginning, I, I will not be a, I will, I will root for them to do well because that makes it more fun what I do, but I'm not going to be sitting there Jets Colts next year being like, Oh, I hope the Jets win this one. I'm still, Guys, I'm don't still, worry. I'm going to get them there. No, 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 no. I've got them. my picture with Tebow. I got my picture with Sanchez. Uh, from when I was what 12 and they came to training camp at Corland. We have a long history with the Jets. Really yeah, do. I was gonna get into that, but we'll we'll save it for kind of like the deep we, like, we've got months we don't of have anything just to talk about, time. but we can talk Jets about how important in, in Blake and I both of our lives, mostly mine, but but yeah. both of our lives, they were very formative for us. So so we'll dive into that a little bit in the future. Awesome. Well, great. Well, let's wrap things up. For Teddy Pristash, I'm Blake Pace. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Chasing 69, a New York Jets podcast. We will be back next Wednesday, probably talking about where the Jets made moves over the rest of the week. I feel like their heavy lifting is done, but there's still going to be some solid pieces. And then, Teddy, we're going to be right around a month before the draft, so we got a lot to talk about for that as well, too. But um, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter. Teddy, it's what? NYJ underscore Chasing 69. I believe you are correct. Yes, I think I've let got me that. Confirm. Make sure to follow us on there. Show support to us. We'll be on YouTube as well, too, for the video platform if you guys prefer podcasts that way. Uh, yep. Make sure to. NYJ. Oh, sorry. NYJ underscore chasing 69. I love it. All right. Perfect. Follow us on there. Check out on the YouTube. Uh, like, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate the support. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next Wednesday.